Okay, I'm going to read uh, Exodus 33, verse 18 and 19. I hope everybody's doing well, um, and I hope you're doing better when you leave. Amen. Okay. Uh, this is Moses, and he said, he was speaking to the Lord, Please show me your glory. Uh, then the Lord said, I will make all my goodness pass before you, and I will proclaim the name of the Lord before you, and I will be gracious to whom I will be gracious, and I will have compassion on whom I will have compassion. That's a pretty famous verse. So if you think about Moses, uh, you know, the Lord spoke to Moses um, back in Exodus 3 uh, and told him to go and deliver Israel from Egypt. And, and, the, and Moses asked the Lord, well, who will I tell them uh, sent me? And the Lord just said, tell them I am who I am. That's what he told him. I am who I am. Which, like, well, okay, that's a good, good answer there. Uh, so Moses did all this and really experienced just these amazing things that the Lord did. Um, and so here he is down the road, had already delivered Israel, and they were, you know, in progress going through the desert. And but the Lord, the Lord. Uh, didn't really never had never explained to him himself really. He didn't really ever explain to Moses who he really was, and so that was what Moses was asking the Lord. The Lord, the, Moses had actually prayed two prayers. Uh, in verse thirteen, he prayed, "Lord, teach me your ways that I might know you." And then here's his second prayer: "Is Lord, show me your glory." And so Moses had a hunger from the Lord. To know who the Lord is and to know what the Lord was like. Because even though he had experienced all the power of God and the glory of God releasing, a, a, delivering a nation uh, from another nation miraculously, but there was Moses saying, I don't really, really know you, I don't really understand you. And so he had this desire. You know, to know the Lord and a desire to see the glory of the Lord. And so, um, have you ever just felt that way about the Lord? That there was just things about the Lord that you, that you just didn't get? You ever, anybody else felt that? Like, I don't really get you. Lord, I don't really understand you. I don't really understand your ways. Lord, I don't really understand this whole thing about your glory. I, I just don't, I don't really understand it. And so... What I would like to do is encourage people to pray these two prayers. Is, Lord, teach me your ways that I can know you. That's an amazing, powerful prayer. And, Lord, show me your glory. That's something the church really needs to pray. I really believe that with all my heart. And so, first let me just say this. Uh, the Lord has already answered both of those prayers. They're already answered in Christ. Um, God has revealed himself in Christ. You know, the Bible says that Jesus, well, Jesus said this in John 14, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. That's what he said. Uh, Philip was asking, Lord, show us the Father. He said, have I been with you so long that you don't know me? If you've seen me, you've seen the Father. So in Christ, God has revealed himself. 
Okay, that's the, the answer that God has. And also there's a, this other beautiful, beautiful prayer or beautiful verse, 2 Corinthians 4, 6. It, is, it says, it is, For it is the God who commanded light to shine out of darkness, who has shown in our hearts to give light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. And then a, an amazing verse. So it, just, it takes revelation to see the glory of God. But the glory of God is reflected in Christ. That's, that's where it is. So that's God's answer. But God's answer is sort of like the book of Revelation. You know what about the book of Revelation? You ever heard anybody say, well, we know the, we know the end of the matter. We know who's going to win, right? But the problem is we don't... And that's an amazing thing to know that. But it's getting from where we're at today to that end. Right? That's, what the, that's where the deal is. We know that we're going to be victorious in the end. Uh, but we, it's getting, getting from the place we're at now. There's going to be a generation of people who are going to walk through the book of Revelation. Right? And so God has to, I believe, even though God has supplied His glory and God has revealed Himself where we can know Him, we still have to walk this thing out. We still have to go through this and begin to experience this. And so that's the, that's the clincher in all this. God has done it all. God has provided it all. But we have not yet experienced it all. Okay? And note this. Moses, this is what Moses said. Moses said, Lord, show me your glory. He didn't ask God for a definition of his glory. Right, because what we would do, and we can do, and it's helpful to do, you can get your Hebrew guy over here to explain what glory means in the Hebrew. Right? We can get a a Hebrew dictionary or a Greek dictionary and read the definition of glory. That's helpful. But Moses didn't say, Lord, give me a definition of your glory. Moses says, Lord, I need to see your glory. I need to experience your glory. Okay? It's not enough for me. Because Moses understood that the glory of God was something that you couldn't understand with your mind. You could, you, the only way you're going to really grab hold of the glory of God is to experience it. You know what I'm saying? And so God really is calling the church to have that kind of heart. To want to, to know Him on a personal level and want to have an encounter with Him to experience His glory. Because His glory is, is everything. It's what really... Uh, will ch- will change our change us. So um, most a lot of people have had uh, glimpses of the glory of God in this room. Okay, a lot of people really have. Um, it's really the thing that will make the biggest difference in your life is a glimpse of the glory, just a glimpse, because God could not fully unload His glory on any. Any person, if he, do, if he does, it wouldn't be well for you. Um, I just wanted to say the, about a year ago, it's been over a year ago, I had this little encounter with the glory of the Lord. And this is the way it made me feel. It made me feel naked like I've never felt naked in my entire life because there was nothing in me that wasn't that was hidden. That's not a wonderful feeling. I'm just going to be honest with you, to my flesh. 
every thought, every intention, everything that's in you, when God shows up and looks into your soul, nothing can hide from God's eyes. Nothing can hide from God's eyes. And at that moment, I had caught just a, a small glimpse of God's glory. A, a very small glimpse of how awesome the Lord really is. That God can look down into a man's soul and see everything about that man and that man knowing at that moment that God sees everything about him and knows every inch of that person. That was an awesome experience, but it was a terrifying experience to me. And it took me a while. It, it sort of undid me in a way. It sort of messed me up in a way. And it took me a bit of time to really get back and to be able to think about it in a good way. So God really wants to do that for people. And so what I've tried to do is really understand what the glory of the Lord is. Okay? And so that we can begin to experience... Um, so I try to, here's a, can I just try to tell you my poor view of the glory of the God, just, just a little bit, how I would define the glory of the God. Because I don't think, see, I, I've tried to define it, and I can, I can tell you exactly what the, it means in the Hebrew, because I've studied it, and I can tell you exactly what it means in the Greek. But in that, it's, it's, that's nice, but... Really what I said, if you don't experience it, that's kind of irrelevant, just to be honest with you. Kind of, not totally, but it, it feels a little irrelevant just reading it because it doesn't impact you. But what, the best way I've been, I want to say this, um, you know the statement, beauty is in the eye of the beholder. In other words, beauty is kind of a hard thing to describe, right? right? Have you ever thought about the definition of beauty? Um Beauty is something you, when you see beauty, you know beauty, right? When you see beauty, you can tell somebody, that was beautiful. That was a beautiful thing. You have something to put it, put it there. But just to give a definition of beauty, that's poor. That's very poor because your definition of beauty and my definition of beauty may not be in alignment. But when I see beauty, I can say, wow, that's a beautiful woman sitting right there but you may like a different look on a woman you see what i'm saying or it can be anything so that's sort of the sort of the way glory is is we have to we really do have to experience it and then we can sort of have a way of communicating it because we've seen it we've caught a glimpse of it and then we can begin to express it yeah i I think it's, it's powerful um so um, the Lord told Moses, uh, I will cause all my goodness to pass in front of you. When Moses, that's how, that was the Lord's response to him. I will cause my goodness to pass in front of you. He said, please show me your glory. And the Lord said, I'll, sh- I'll cause all my goodness to pass in front of you. Um, so what did the Lord uh, mean by that? Like I said, when, I think when most people think about the glory of the Lord, you probably think about some dynamic... Uh, power, uh, the weight, this weighty feeling, this lights and colors. Is, am I with anybody with me on that? And when you imagine the glory of the Lord, or when you think about the glory of the Lord, that's probably what you think. 
That's what everybody thinks. Really, to tell you the truth, we think of the splendor of God, the, the greatness of God, you know, being manifested. And it really is that. That's the thing. But it's really more than that. Really, if you really study the Bible, the glory of the Lord, when the Bible talks about the glory of the Lord, it's talking about God himself. That's what it's really revealing is that when Moses is saying, Lord, show me your glory, it's like God was saying, Moses, I'm going to let my goodness pass before you because I'm going to show you who I am. That's my glory is who I am. That's your glory, who you are. Who you are in Christ is your glory. And God was saying to, to Moses, I'm going to really reveal myself. I'm going to reveal who I am, my character, my nature to you. I'm not going to show you some light show from heaven with, with angels flying around. I'm just going to let my goodness pass before you and you'll see my glory. Amen? So that's really kind of, you know, what it was. So I hope that helped you a little bit. I've spent a year, this, this took me a long time to get to this place. It took me a long time to, to really find out about this glory realm because I believe we need it so desperately. It's that we need to experience this glory. We need to experience the nature of God, the, the person of God coming into our midst. I'm not talking about just, oh, well, I felt the presence of the Lord. No, it was God in a greater, a greater measure coming and was seeing who God is. Like when I felt the Lord look into my soul, I felt God's all-piercing self. And it really did undo me. But to tell you the truth, I was as safe as I've ever been in my entire life. Because I knew he could be trusted. Because I knew that was his goodness looking in my soul. And he was ex- what he was doing, he was exposing to me what was really in me. Because you and I can't really tell what's in us until God exposes. The problem was it, was, it came in a big pile at once. I saw a lot of things in me that wasn't good at that moment. You know? Well, that was, that was a problem, but really the whole the terrifying thing was, it, was that God was so awesome. God was so awesome that He could do that. And see, when people get a taste of the glory of the Lord, it does something to them. It affects their life. And that's really why Moses was wanting to see this glory. Are y'all following me? So, um, whoo, mercy, Lord. Yeah, mercy. Yeah. Yeah, let the glory come and rest. Yeah, he does. So, you know, I think I told you a few weeks ago, this is all about the open heaven, is back in when the Lord first began to, began to reveal the open heaven to me years ago, it was all about dreams, visions, and revelations. Okay, that's, that's because that's what God was doing in my life. He was, he was, he'd opened up the world of dreams. He opened up the world of vision. He wor- opened up the world of revelation to me. That's amazing. That's, that's powerful, you know. <laughs> and, but this time, and, you know, as God has really been renewing this truth in me, this glorious thing in me, is, it's been like, I think I've told you this, it's been about the cross. It's been about Christ and about what Christ has done on the cross. How Christ made a way for every person to experience the kingdom of heaven. And that it's all a finished deal. And the other thing was about God's glory. Because, and, and I believe these are, are two very 
powerful things. I mean, uh, and that's why I'm talking to you about it. <laughs> so, okay, let me just say the concept of glory, the God's glory is, is kind of a huge concept. So I'm just throwing a few little things out to you this morning. Okay, this is by far like a, this is nothing. What I'm telling you, there's so much more to this. So this is very incomplete. But I want, I want to encourage you with this. I want to provoke you with this. I want to stir you up with this because I think we need provoking. I think we need stirring up. I think we need encouraging. I think we need exhorting. Okay, I don't think the church needs to be beat on. I don't think the church needs to be fussed at. I don't like any of that. I, don't, I care nothing about that because I don't see that in Christ. I don't see him beating on anybody. I don't see him fussing on anybody. I just, well, maybe sometimes he'd take a whip one time. <laughs> Thank God I wasn't there that day. I would have probably been doing the bad thing that deserved a whipping. <laughs> All of us would because he was going after that religious spirit. And the reason he was doing that because it was hurting people. That's the only reason he was doing it. Because he was tired of people being wounded by religion and misrepresenting God. That's why he went after the religious thing so hard. But he didn't go after people hard. Normal people, everyday people. Amen. The Lord's good. Let me read uh, Exodus 34, 5 through 8. This is when the Lord revealed His glory to Moses. And now the Lord descended in the cloud and stood with him there. Isn't that beautiful? The Lord descended in the cloud and stood there with Moses. I just love that. I just love that God did that for Moses. I'm saying to the Lord, well, that can happen to me. I'm, I have, I have the, there's a possibility of God ascending in the cloud, descending down and standing there with me. That's, that's how that makes me feel. It, I say there's this potential, there's this possibility of me having that experience with the Lord. Because if Moses could have it, I could have it. Because Moses lived in the Old Testament and I live in the New Testament. I can have it. I can prove that to you in a minute. But let me do this. In, and proclaim the name of the Lord. So that's the first thing he did. Proclaimed his name. Lord, who are you? I want to know you. The Lord proclaimed his name to Moses. He answered Moses' prayer. So when we ask the Lord, Lord, teach me your ways that I might know you. Lord, show me your glory. The God's going to answer those prayers. Those are powerful prayers to pray. And the Lord passed before him and proclaimed the Lord, the Lord God, merciful and gracious, long-suffering and abounding in goodness and truth. That's what the Lord was proclaiming. Isn't that powerful? That's what God, that's what He wanted Moses to know. This is how I am. This is what I'm like. And this is the truth. However God reveals Himself to you, that's the way He wants you to know Him. Now that's an important thing. It's an important thought. Because God, all through the Bible, revealed Himself in different ways. To different people at different times. And so the way you know what God's doing today is the way He's revealing Himself to you today. What He's speaking, what He's doing, he, that's what He does. And so we can't try to hang on to the God who revealed Himself in a particular way last year. Because today He's doing something. Today He wants to reveal Himself in a different way. And it's hard for us believers, especially when you're last year or 10 years ago or whenever was your best days... It's hard to, to, to hang on, to let go of the God who was there to the God to here today that doesn't seem so great, right? Or am I the only one who does that? <laughs> hang on to the good old times when God moved. When, 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 when. When, forget when. 
what was that monkey song? And the monkey singing, that was then, this is now. They were trying to tell people, y'all need to get out of that and get into this. Get into the now of God. So, anyways, Lord help. I'm feeling like I'm really kind of having a rough time. You know, when you start thinking about those encounters with the Lord's glory, you can go, you go back into them. You go back into them. When you have a real encounter with the Lord, you will, if you start thinking about it too much, you will find yourself back into it. That's not where I want to be at right this month. Otherwise, I'm going to have to stop because it's, it unravels you. That's what it does on the inside. You feel unraveled. You feel undone. You feel like, Lord, what in the world? You feel, you feel like an ant. You look at yourself and you see what you really are. It's a breaking thing to you. In a moment, you feel completely broken. That's how you feel. You feel completely broken in a moment. And all your illusions about yourself and about life and, and your lies and the things that you believe in, your illusions about others get, just evaporate. Don't criticize other people. Don't be down on other people. I just want to say that. God is not into that. And I'm going to tell you this. When I listen to people pointing their finger at other people, I feel God saying, I don't like that. That's what I feel. Don't, I don't like that. Don't listen to that. So I just sort of like pretend I'm listening, but I'm really not. Because, you know, I'm, I'm not going to be going around rebuking everybody. It's like, Lord, that's between you and them. I'm not doing it. But I want to encourage you to find good things to say. And if you can't, find a prayer. A lot of real prophetic people can become real critical because you're seeing things that are true. It's not denying the truth, but God loves that person. And God doesn't really want you saying bad things about them. If you, you, you should pray about those bad things you see in them and ask the Lord to help them and encourage them. Amen? Amen. So, now listen to this. i got to get going here. I'm just messed up here. The Lord's keeping mercy for thousands, forgiving iniquity and transgression and sin, by, by no means clearing the guilty, visiting the iniquity of the fathers upon the children, the children... And the children's children to the third and fourth generation. Thank God for Jesus. We broke that cycle. Jesus breaks that cycle. So Moses made haste, listen, and bowed his head towards the earth and what? Worshipped. Moses worshipped. Okay? That's a very powerful statement because Moses felt overwhelmed by what he saw and what he heard from the Lord. And his response was worship. And so, that's what's lacking, I think, in the church, is this revelation of of the glory of the Lord. I think if you look at Moses, if you study his life, you go back, you will never find Moses where it says Moses worshipped. This is the first time he worshipped. The first time he worshipped. Now listen, this is what you're going to find. You're going to find Moses encountering God, speaking to God face to face, it says. You're going to find Moses uh, doing miracles. You're going to find Moses was a powerful prayer warrior. People who have an intercessory calling, they really should look at Moses. He was the ultimate intercessor. I mean, he interceded for Israel all the time. He was always going to the Lord and praying for that, those people. Even when the Lord said he was going to get rid of them, the Moses stood up and interceded. And so he had this intercessory thing on. He had this miraculous anointing on him. He, had a mighty, he was a mighty leader. 
Okay, and he did, did say that Moses sang a song when the Lord delivered them from Israel, but it never said until this moment that Moses worshipped. Isn't that amazing? That's interesting because I believe that's the, really the key to, to real, the true worship is glory. See, I, I, at the end of the day, I don't think we can teach people to worship the Lord. I think either you're a worshiper or you're not a worshiper. And most people who are a real worshiper is because they've seen something. They've experienced something. They've seen God in a way that it, it touched them in a way that the, there was a spontaneous flow that came out of them. Now, you can teach people about praise, and I think praise is important because it's God inhabits the praises of His people, right? And so that's important, and hopefully somewhere in that praise, you're going to have this encounter with the Lord that's going to open your eyes to see the glory of the Lord and how awesome the Lord is and how important worship really is. But there's this thing about worship I wanted to read to you in John 4.23. It says, The hour is coming, and now is, when true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and truth. For the Father, listen, the Father, listen, this is what glory does for you and me. The Father is seeking such. In other words, the Father is seeking men and women and boys and girls who will do what? Worship Him. No, no, He's not seeking the worship. Let me just say that. It doesn't say that. It says the Father is seeking those people. The glory of God makes us like a... Because it causes us to worship. It causes us to... It makes us like a... God magnet. Do you hear what I'm saying? Because God's looking for those people. He's searching for those people. And He's attracted to those people. And, and if we want God in our life, we need to like, Lord, show me your glory so I can worship because I've realized I can't really worship you apart from a revelation of your glory. I can sing songs. I can praise you, but I can really never really have this worship. Now, that's what I really believe. I mean, so other people can, can be contrary to it, but that's their problem, not mine. <laughs> so, you see how, how the glory of God is a benefit to us? Y'all get that? Are y'all getting what I'm saying to you? You see, God's looking for worshipers. So, what does God do? I'm going to go reveal myself to some people. So they can be worshipers, so I can be attracted to them, so I can come into their life and touch their life in ways they wouldn't get. You see, he's doing it all. He's doing everything. He, he's saying, I'm seeking those, and I will do whatever it takes to help you become that thing. I'll help you to be that worshiper. Then I will come because I'm attracted to worship. You know, it's like a guy attracted to pretty girls. Like, mm, I'm, that, the girls are over there. That's where I'm going. I mean, you know, every guy knows about that. You know, if you're, a, if you're a single girl, you don't have to worry. Guys will be attracted to you. Amen. Well, this is what Jesus said. He who has been forgiven much loves much. And he who has been forgiven little loves little. That's a, a very worshipful sentence, isn't it? That's a, that's a revelation of God's glory. Right? That you know how much you've been forgiven of. I mean, that's, is that right? Y'all just sitting there looking at me. Listen, I, I'm not trying to give you some big teaching here. I, I'm trying to tell you something I believe is really just God's yearning to give us. That God's yearning to do in the body of Christ all over the world. 
is reveal His glory to us. This is not like, let's, uh, we can, we can, let's spend a thousand, ten thousands of dollars on musical instruments. Let's come up with the best songs and the best light shows and the best singers, the best musicians. Let's do all that. But in the end, end of the day, it doesn't work. It really doesn't. That's not really what worship creates. That's not going to cause people to worship. And all that's great. I mean, we've spent piles of money and still spending piles of money. Okay? But that's not really what makes worship. Are y'all all right? Y'all just looking at me like, dang on. Okay, number two. That was number one. That's the glory of God is to make you a God magnet because it will cause you to worship the Lord. The number two, Psalm 8, verse 4 through 6. Listen to this. This is awesome. Psalm 8 is about the glory of God in creation. That's what it's titled. What is a man that you are mindful of him and the son of man that you visit him? Ain't that beautiful? Mindful and visit. I like that. God's mindful of me and God wants to visit me. For you have made him a little lower than angels and you have crowned him with what? Glory and honor. You have crowned him with glory and honor. You, listen, you have made him to have dominion over the works of your hands. You see that? You have put all things under his feet. And so really, the glory of the Lord, that's what he's saying. God created us, and he didn't create us just as a, a unique animal like all the other animals. No, he created us special. And he placed his glory on us. We have his glory on us. And the only way you're going to ever fulfill your calling, only way you're going to ever fulfill your destiny, no matter what it is, I'm not talking about, it could be the best banker in the country. That may be your destiny. Don't just, just don't spiritualize it. Whatever your destiny is, whatever your purpose is, you'll never fulfill it without a revelation of glory. Because when you have a revelation of glory, you realize God has crowned you with that. God has placed that in on you, and that's why it's going to work in your life. You don't want to be super successful without having a revelation that it's God resting on you, and it's His glory, and that's why He created you to be successful and to be the best at whatever. Does that make sense? So you see, we need the glory to fulfill our calling. We need the glory. We need a revelation of glory. We need a revelation of glory to worship. We need a revelation of glory to to be everything God's called us to be. A lot of people want to do their purpose, and, but they don't want the glory of the Lord. They, they want to, that's not a, a key for them. That's not a factor for them. It should be your factor in your life. You should be saying, Lord, I mean, hopefully when you leave here today, it's, Lord, show me your glory. Lord, show me your glory, Lord. Show me your glory. I want to see your glory because I, I tell you, Lord, I need to see it because I, I'm, I'm, gonna, I'm not going to get where I feel in my heart you've called me to go without seeing your glory. All right. The third thing, this is the last one too, because y'all ain't liking this message. Second <laughs> Corinthians three eighteen, one of my off time favorite verses. But we all with what unveiled face, beholding as in a mirror what the glory of the Lord. Listen to what it said. Catch it. We what all. I get that. We all. It didn't say, well, the prophets. 
or the apostles or the powerful people. It says, we all. We all in Christ. That's who he's speaking to. He's speaking, if you're in Christ, you have access to see the glory. Now, that's really important. Because the thing that stops people from seeing and experiencing the glory is their thoughts, their beliefs. They don't believe they can see the glory of the Lord. They don't think it's for Him. And when we begin to believe in our hearts that we have access to see the glory of God, then that's when the glory of God is going to come. It's going, we're going to begin to see it. We're going to, it's going to, we're going to realize it's, it's there for us. And, and what Rhonda said about repentance, repentance is just changing your mind. And if, when we start changing our mind, changing the way we think about the glory of the Lord, we can begin to experience the glory of the Lord. We'll be tra- that's it. That's the, it's one of the three ways in the Bible that I've found so far that we're transformed. It's through the glory of the Lord. Transforming in the image of Christ. And, and notice what he said. He said it was from glory to, to glory, just as from the Lord the Spirit. Glory to glory. Meaning it's a process. And meaning that God is just not going to explode on the scene all at once in your life. He's, it's a process for you knowing what you can handle. Obviously, he found out I couldn't handle very good my insides being exposed the way they were. So it's not like every day I'm going to have that experience. But I will have other encounters with the Lord that will be glorious, that I will see His glory. And, and those are the things that really tr- transform us and change us into His image. So there's three things that this is like I say, this is, all I'm trying to do is get you this morning to, to have a thought this morning. I'm going to start praying that prayer. I'm going to start saying, Lord, uh, teach me your ways that I might know you. And I'm going to start praying, Lord, show me your glory. And I might even throw in Moses, please show me your glory. I might even, even do that. So if we could go away from here, and when we start praying those prayers, God will begin to go to work in your life. God will begin to do what God does. It may not happen tomorrow, but I promise you, if you start praying that prayer today, and you mean it from the bottom of your heart, next year at this time, you're going to look back at your life, and you're going to see how God has begun to reveal Himself to you, and how God had begun to teach you, and train you, and show you how God operates. And here's the first thing. Okay, here's the first thing that God wants to do for people. (laughs) Is He wants to get the religion out of you. When you say, Lord, teach me your way so I can know you, the first thing He wants to go after in you, in every one of you in this room, don't think you don't have religion in you. Don't think that. Because you're thinking a lie if you think that. You're deluded if you think that. Every one of us in this room are the most powerful spirit that operates in this world is a religious spirit. That's why you don't see Jesus running around going after all these different kinds of devils. What was the one devil he went after? Over and over was religion. That could, because that's the thing that destroys us more than anything else. And when we begin to ask the Lord, Lord, teach me your ways, the first thing he's going to do is say, you know what, Byron? That is a bunch of bull what you're doing right now. All this stuff that you're doing, it's just bull. I don't, that's not going to change anything between me and you. 
that's not going to get you close to me until you, you, what you need to know, Byron, is this. This is what he told me. Now. You're already close to me. That's what your problem is. That's what he told me one day. You're already close to me. You just don't know it. So you're trying to get close to me. And what you really need to do is get that religion out of you where it says to you, you've got to do something to get close to me. You don't have to do anything to get close to the Lord. It's like Becky was saying, she read this one guy said, with Christ is in you, you can't get much closer than that, right? That's as close as it gets. The Bible says the blood of Jesus, that's what it says, brings us near. And it says the blood of Jesus keeps us near. And that's all we need to be near to God, is believe that and begin to know God from a place of being close to Him. Instead of trying to know God by trying to get to God. There was these people in the Bible called Sadducees. Okay? And here's the thing about Sadducees. They were powerful people in Jesus' day. They were very powerful. They were wealthy. They were in positions of rulership. Okay? They did not believe in the supernatural. They did not believe in the resurrection of the dead. So one day, these Sadducees decided to have this conversation with Jesus because they felt like they came up with a clearer way that we're going to really get this Jesus really good. Because in the Jewish culture, in, in the ancient times, if a man married a woman and the man died, if the woman had a brother, the brother was obligated to marry her and raise up a family from, in the memory of that guy. Well, they, so that was the way things worked. So these Sadducees went to Jesus and said, Hey, Jesus... There was this guy and there was this woman. And the, and the guy died. So his brother married her. According to the way the Jewish culture was. The laws of the, the way they operate. And then he died. And it turned out there were seven of them. Seven brothers. And every dog on one of them died. And there was no children ever born. Whose husband is she going to have in the resurrection? They really thought they had Jesus. We got him nailed to the wall. And this is what Jesus told them. He said, you're deluded. You're deluded. One of the things says you're error, but I, I, it means you're deluded. You have left the path of truth. You've left the path of truth. Why have you left the path? Because you don't, you're, but, and literally, because your heart is not full of the revelation of Scripture and the revelation of the power of God. Do y'all get that? Because your heart is not full of the revelation of Scripture or the revelation of the power of God. That's what he literally said to those people that day. And because it's not full of that, you have some, what Don said, some crazy theology, some crazy doctrine about God, and you're just deluded, and you've left the path of truth. And you know what that says to me? Lord, fill my heart with the revelation of Scripture. Fill my heart with the revelation of the power of God. Because if you don't, I'm going to be deluded. In fact, Lord, I think I'm already deluded. I think I'm already believing some stuff that ain't right, Lord. I, I really do think I'm believing stuff that's wrong, Lord. I really do. I feel, in fact, I know I have because when you look down in my soul, I saw some things in there that I believe were wrong. And I saw there was a bunch more things down in there that I believe was wrong, Lord. 
I saw a bunch of stuff I thought about people that was wrong, Lord. God really does want to fill us with something in our hearts. He really does. He wants to fill us with a revelation of Himself. He wants to fill us with a revelation of His glory, of His goodness, His mercy, His long-suffering, His kindness, His forgiveness of who He is. That's what He wants to fill human beings with. And I just pray that we would just say, Lord, that's what we're hungering for. We're hungering from that. We're hungering a gift of hunger, a gift of desire. Y'all all right? Yeah. <laughs> You're looking at me badly. <laughs> Listen, I'm going to pray for you. I'm stopping. Did somebody say thank you? <laughs> thank God he's stopping. Right? <laughs> Lord, we, we are just, we're children. That's all we are. But that's not a bad thing. Mm. You know who the best people to know what the Lord's doing in church, if they're allowed to, is the children. You want to know when the Lord's moving, watch the children. That's, that's my secret in knowing what the Lord's doing. I'm looking at the kids. Oh, they're moving that way. That's the Lord's over there because the kids are going that way. It's a good thing to be a child. It's a good thing to humble yourself to the Lord this morning. It's a good thing to be, feel like you, you're, you're critical. You've been critical and you've pointed, pointed your finger at people and you've been critical towards them. It's a good thing this morning to feel like that, that pricks your heart, that you realize you're like that. That's, that's good. That's That's God wanting to work in your heart and remove criticism from your life and remove the pointing of the finger. You know, Jesus said that when people were talking about fasting. He said, listen, go, you know, do without whatever food you want to, but this is what I would like for you to do. I, I would really like for you to remove the yoke and the pointing of the finger. And if you would do that, then your light would come. Your that's your revelation would come. That's what he said. That's like an Old Testament thing. Just stop pointing. Start putting yokes on people. And if you'll do that, revelation will flow in your life. Because it's a hindrance to you. It's a hindrance to all of us. So Lord, we just ask you today. We acknowledge that we've been guilty of being critical. There's a lot of prophetic people in this room that can see things. And the Lord wants to help you not to take what you see and criticize in heaven about it. Lord, we just ask you to release people of that this morning. Just ask you to release that critical spirit that people get on them. And I pray also, Lord, you'd release us from the spirit of religion help us not to believe things about you that's not right and I pray you would teach us your ways Lord we want your theology we just ask you to give us your theology which I believe your, your ultimate theology is Christ himself I just pray that there be an impartation of that into our hearts this morning 
can y'all just wait another moment? I just feel like if you, if you feel like you need to leave, you, you know, go ahead. But I do feel like God really wants to impart some things to us this morning. I do feel like God just wants to release some things into hearts this morning and take some things from hearts. That God really does want to fill our hearts with the revelation of His power and the, and the revelation of the Scriptures. I really encourage you, if you don't have a life in the Scriptures, to give the Lord a chance to begin to speak to you through the Scriptures. Just give Him a chance. And I really think you should probably tell the Lord you're sorry for not having a life in the Scripture. I think you should tell the Lord, I'm sorry, I haven't, the Bible hasn't been a part of my life. That I haven't, I haven't really made it a part of my life. Because it's really supposed to be a part of our life. Lord, we just ask you, we want to, and Lord, we don't want to just read the Bible for the sake of reading. We want to read the Bible for revelation of the Son of God. And we would see Christ in those words. We would see the living word in those words. And Lord, I just pray for those who've resisted your power, who've resisted manifestations of your power, resisted anything that was outside of their understanding. I pray, I, I think you need to repent today. If you've resisted things that you didn't understand about the Lord, just, and you would resist them because you didn't understand them, don't resist them no more. Just let the Lord... Just bow your mind today to the Lord. Thank you, Lord. Amen, Lord. May there's such a weariness of the Lord in this room this morning. So I feel like we should just take a couple minutes. Just allow the Holy Spirit just to really minister to you this morning. Amen. Because we don't want this moment to pass by. When the Lord speaks and you witness it in your heart, it's good to give the Holy Spirit that opportunity to do those things in your heart. Amen. So you don't have to stand. You don't have to do anything else. I mean, if you want to leave, you're welcome to do that part. But let's just take a couple minutes as they worship in place. there's people that are holding on to something this morning that you need to let go of and I don't know really what it is it, 
it could be different things for different people. But I do feel like there's things that we need to let go of. And it, it could be spiritual. It could be relational. It, it could be lots of things. There, there, but I do know that we're in a, a different season now. I do know that. And I do know there's like a spiritual shifting going on. I know that. And I know the way, the only way we can shift with the Lord is by letting go of whatever He would tell us to let go of. And it may just be a concept in your mind that you need to let go of. Or it could be something very natural. But I just want to encourage you this morning. For you to be able to move forward with the Lord, there's some things you need, or a thing or some things that you need to let go of. And as you let go of them, God will move in your life. God will work in your life. And God will give you wisdom about what He wants to actually put in your life and put into your hands that He can't because you're holding on to something. And it's keeping God from being able to put, in, put into your life what He really wants you to have now. Amen.